How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode number 155. Next week is the big three-year anniversary one, assuming everyone's schedule works out. We're recording a, a bunch in advance uh, before the holidays. So, by, I mean, we're recording this on December 19th, so this is not going to come out until, what, January 4th. <laughs> so, who knows? By now, by the time you hear this, I'm hoping we have the three-year anniversary one recorded, but... All that aside, special guest this week is Coda from the Can We Roll For That podcast. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you for having me, Josh. I'm super excited for this opportunity. I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Why don't you tell people a little bit about your show, what you got going on? Yeah, so I'm Coda. I am the DM or Dungeon Master of the Can We Roll For That podcast. And what that is, is it is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And for people who don't know out there, uh, Dungeons & Dragons is a, technically it's called an RPBG, which is a role-playing board game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It takes a lot of imagination. And yeah, we just, we sit together and we record ourselves playing this game where I DM, which means I lay the story out before them and they role-play through it. They make all the decisions on their own and I pretty much use improv for my notes to guide them along to the overall goal or just communicate with them as PCs or NPCs, my bad, uh, which are non-player characters and just create this majestic and funny and fun story. Awesome. First question I want to ask, actually, how do you go about... uh, what, what do you do in order to record? I'm guessing you guys use like an online service in order to play the game. So there is a few ways to do it depending on um, how you want to. Traditionally, you can play it in person. There are books and bookstores or even your general good stores have them now that gives you the baseline rules and stuff like that. You can get some friends together and play or uh, some that is very popular now, which is what... I myself and my group of players do is we play online. Reddit in itself has a very nice um, channel that you can find people who are either looking to play or looking to be the dungeon master. And uh, through communication online, uh, we use Discord to talk to, but you can use Zoom or whatever you're comfortable with. You chat and that's pretty much it. Also, um, it's very a lot more popular now in the recent years than it has been for there to be game shops developed to RPBGs. And if you have one in your hometown and you're wanting to get into the game, that is an excellent place to go to because nine times out of ten, the people who are there, they know what they're talking about and they get so passionate and so excited whenever they find that someone new is wanting to experience this kind of game. Nice. We've had, we've had people, guests on before that have done D&D and I've never played it online. I've never played D&D in particular, but we have done, my girlfriend and I have tried some stuff. We have Bunkers and Badasses, which is like the uh, Borderlands themed version, essentially. Or it's like a parody almost of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and they ended up making a, a video game, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which is sort of a video game version of the board game, I guess you could say. Um, and we've we've tried doing that. We also have the Rick and Morty. Uh, I forget what, what it's actually called. The Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons. I myself uh, game as well. 
I myself actually played the Rick and Morty one, and if you are just getting into D&D and you like Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. that is an amazing place to start out because it has the character sheets, which what your character sheet is, is it's your stats that you will roll for because whenever you want to do something, you'll roll a d20 to see if you're able to do it or not. Well, the Rick and Morty game actually has all those pre-printed out because you play as a character from Rick and Morty. So for new people starting out, that is an excellent thing to get a hold of and try. Yeah. We haven't played the Rick and Morty one yet. We'd, we'd tried the Bunkers and Badasses, which I actually got quite a while ago because I think I got that before COVID happened. And uh, we played it a bit throughout that. Uh, and it was fun. It, it took a bit to get everything figured out because it was just us and it wasn't a game that had like a huge online community i'm like i could go on and see like dungeons and dragons like tutorials and things like that but it's not exactly the same essentially as the bunkers and badasses so i was like all right we're gonna see what we can do with this with two people and uh, it was it was fun i liked it we actually actually have four of the dungeons and dragons books over there which i had gone through the process of like adjusting it to fit into a different story so it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons theme necessarily it fit into more into the uh the lore that we have for our, our podcast and a lot of the other stuff we write around here. Yeah, and that's the awesome thing about um Dungeons and Dragons is in the uh Dungeon Master Guide, which is what the DM uses for rules and stuff, one of the main rules mm-hmm. is that the DM makes the rules. So you can bend them or yeah. use them, whatever it fits for what you're doing specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I find that to be the, that's probably the most uh, exciting part of it is you can do things that like, uh, you can be very loose about things if you really want to. It makes, you can be more or less accessible depending on how you, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that it's like, you know, if, if you have new people, you could be more accommodating towards it where it's like, oh, that worked or that didn't work or whatever, you know, and just it, it seems like it, it you can make it accessible to as many people as you want. Absolutely. And then that's one of the main things about Dungeons and Dragons is that anyone can play it how they want to play it. So there are some people mm-hmm. who they create this character and they want to fight. They want to battle. That's what they enjoy. So they find a DM who allows that, and there's a lot of fighting. Or then you have people like in our group, people who we enjoy the role play portion of it. So it's a lot more acting and using our stats that we have to try to persuade someone to do something or talk them out of something. So no matter what someone Mm -hmm. is interested in, they can do. Yeah. I was going to say like, what would you say is the best way to get somebody interested in starting the game? Cause you meant like, I, I can see how, like, even from my point of view, uh, like I can see how it would be like, all right, someone could be like turned off. Like I'm not really interested in role playing or anything like that. Like they, they're like, I'm more interested in just like the, the strategy of the game, so to speak. Like how, what is your best pitch to like get somebody interested in it to, to try it out? So the best pitch that I would say is if you're talking to someone, you know, one of your friends, who you really want to play with you. Tell them your stories. Tell them how, what you got into and the stuff that you've had experience with. Because when you're playing Dungeons & Dragons, it's, I like to think of it as Skyrim on steroids. 
you know, you can do whatever you want. So you come up with these majestic stories that you're able to tell. And a lot of times that will bring people in. And even if they're thinking, you know, one stereotype that Dungeon Dragons has always had is it's too nerdy for me. It's just math. Mm-hmm. But it's more than that. It's a fun game that people play together. I mean, people sit around and play Monopoly. And me, for one, I hate Monopoly. I find it so boring. (laughs) It takes forever. But people do it, and people enjoy it. So people have different preferences and stuff. But I would sit down and explain to them that, like, you can do whatever you want. Whatever your interests are, Dungeons & Dragons can touch upon that. And, I mean, you can even hear it in there are thousands of D&D podcasts out there. Every single one is different. You will not listen to two and they are exactly the same because the players create who they are. It's like another piece of them. So just like two people are alike, two players will never be just alike. Hmm. I don't know if that... I think the the ability to be completely creative about it, it can be a real draw for people. Oh, absolutely. And another thing is... It's a fun way to hang out with friends too. And that's the big portion of it is instead of sitting around just talking, which is fine, but it's something in today's day and age we don't do a lot of, you get to hang out, you have something fun to do, and you get into so much mischief that it's imaginable. I mean, I have a friend who I work with who he plays D&D. And you should see the look on some of these people's faces when we're sitting there talking about it. And he'll be like, yeah, you know, last Friday, me and my group, we went and we actually killed an orphan because they mouthed off to us. And then the person <laughs> down the way from us, their eyes get big because they have no idea what we're talking about D&D. They think this actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> I, I love the idea of like talking to my coworkers about something like that. Because like I, I'm 28. I work with the next person, the the person closest to me in age that I work with is like 55, 56, maybe. It's just, I'm sure they'd know what it was. But I just remember sitting there and trying to explain to them what a podcast was. And that was hilarious. I'm just like, it's think of it like talk radio. But it's just, you know, through an app where like, it's just right, whoever wants to do it, you can just sit down and chat, upload it, and anyone can listen to it. And I'm like, okay. But like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what is it? I just had to sit there. It was like a half an hour long conversation of just trying to explain to them what a podcast was. I understand it. So yeah. like, that's the whole thing is everyone does a podcast nowadays. It feels like, and I, I thought that was more of a joke. And then within the last, like since September, I'll say, so like the last four months I've had like four family members like I've just had like runs with them or whatever. And they're just like, Oh yeah, I'm doing a podcast now about like, you know, the, the football team. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh yeah. And like my work's doing a podcast. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And it's like, it's everyone I talked to. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, this is, this is hitting close to home now for me. <laughs> yep. And I think that's the amazing thing about podcasts is yeah. so like, um, YouTube, like I've, I stretched my limbs on YouTube before and it was frustrating to say the least. The, um, cause I was the guy who wanted all the cool transitions and all that and get way too into mm-hmm. it. And the amount of time it took for a 10 minute video was ridiculous. 
but yeah, for the podcast, I just edited the twelve minute video earlier. It took me like forty five minutes. It's not even a well edited one. It, the whole thing is meant to be like a joke. Oh, I... and I'm, I'm just sitting there for like thirty minutes or so. I'm just like, this is, this is taking forever. I mean, it's literally just audio. It's an already recorded audio track. All I'm doing is adding pictures over top of it. Essentially, oh. it took me ages. I know it can take forever and not saying that like podcast editing doesn't take forever. If anything, it takes longer because Mm -hmm. if we have a hour and a half recording, two hour recording, I know I'm going to spend four hours editing that. Yeah. But the difference between uh, the YouTube aspect of it and the podcast with editing is if I'm editing a video, I'm looking at myself or my own gameplay for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. But when I'm editing the podcast, I'm listening to jokes we made and just stuff that we got into. So I find myself laughing while I'm editing. So it just makes it so much more enjoyable. I get to relive that moment again. Yeah. It's fun picking up on things you don't hear during the moment as well. I don't know how many times I've been editing and like two of us just happen to be talking at the same time. Like there's like a gap. So we think, oh, we'll both, you know, say something now. And it's like going back and listen to it. I can mute myself and hear what the other person says. Or I can mute the other person and hear what like a third person says. And it's like, it, then, it, then it becomes the point of like, all right, who do I co- keep muted during this time? Who do I let get their idea out? <laughs> Josh, you have no idea how hard I relate to yeah. that. We have one guy and he plays the bard in our group. He has this stick that a couple of the players will be interacting or talking and he'll just say something randomly. So yeah. uh, we have a couple situations of this. And I will say, um, as I said before, you can play D&D any way you want to. We play it very yeah. humorously. And I'll just say we have the expletic tag on our podcast for a reason. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's very adult humor. <laughs> Well, um, one, we have a rival group of adventures called um, the fucking Lit Boys. Well, every time I'd mm-hmm. say their name, he would yell, what, what, in the background. And then <laughs> they had a situation where they, they were saving an orphan. You know, she got in trouble yeah. and they were saving him. I tell you, he said at least three times, we should just kill the orphan, kill the orphan. And I never picked up on this until I went through and started editing. And I'm like, what is going on? So now it's a stick that he says little things that he knows when I'm doing all my stuff, you know, prepping for what's happening next or thinking about that. He knows I won't hear it. Mm-hmm. When I go back and edit, I'll be yeah. able to listen in on that. Yeah, I don't I don't get to do that on my end, I feel like as much because like it's not funny to me to hear my own jokes that are that nobody else is going to hear like in this regard where it's like things that nobody else is going to hear but except for me when i'm editing i'm like ah man it'd be it'd be more entertaining for me to go on somebody else's show and do that just be like just making little comments like under my breath while they're while they're talking it's like yeah yeah do that do that you know and just like it's something only they're going to hear while editing i'd love to be able to do that it doesn't work when you're the person working on the show and recording it and everything (laughs) oh i understand we uh so um in dnd you have your main campaign which is what i am the dm of i run that well for the holidays Mm -hmm. we have done one shots which what those are is they're just little off story you know different characters just something new 
he ran a one-shot for Christmas. I got to pay him back hard for that. And I made sure that whenever I said those, I kind of upped the volume a little bit, you know? That way I made sure he heard it when he's listening through. Because, like you said, it's not as funny to me because I'm the one that said it. I know it happened. But now I know when he listens through, he's going to have to pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I would. It'd be interesting to try something like this. I don't know enough people to to pull something like this off. But yeah, no, it, it's interesting. I, I've I've attempted to do other projects in the podcast vein. Uh, part of it has just become a time issue where I just don't have time to do it. Like we were gonna do a. I mean, I <laughs> I have the show created. I did, I even promote uh, promoted it a little bit. It was called I Do My Own Research, where it's just like a news based program. Uh, and the problem with it was the research going into it was so difficult because it's time sensitive. I can't sit there and like, I'll use like the U S election as an example. Like I can't sit there and plan out like weeks worth of episodes at a time and then be like, all right, here's the research for this week's episode. I'll record it. And it comes out on Wednesday or whatever. And it's like, I can't just sit there. Like I have to be doing the research actively leading into the episode or it's going to be outdated and like stuff like that. It just, it gets away from me so quickly. So that's, I don't know that that's going to come out even though I promoted it at one point but like that, like trying to keep up with this podcast, the YouTube has kind of gone by the wayside, but I've made a point that that's never been the priority for me. Um, but like I, I, I've always wanted to do like alternative content to just the podcast and the main stuff that we work on, uh, especially a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. I'd be curious as based on what you said, it seems like it's a lot of work managing all of it as well as editing it and getting it put together for like the show aspect of it. Yeah, it can be. Um, one thing I will say though about it is I love doing it. And that's the main thing about mm -hmm. any type of content creation that you're doing is it's something that you have to love and not get bored of. I mean, yeah. you're spending just as much time as a, as you would almost a second job trying to get everything done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have, I used to be a huge video game player, but since starting the podcast, yeah. I had to cut down a lot of that, but you have to think about what do you enjoy more? And for me, it's producing the content and making the memories because I'm not going to lie. We have the podcast and we put it out, but mainly mm -hmm. I record it and upload it so I can go back and listen to it myself while I'm at work. Cause when I'm there dreading my job, I'm listening to it having laughs. <laughs> I've had so many situations where I'm at work doing something and I can't help but laugh. And someone's like, well, who are you talking to? Are you on your phone? And it's no, I'm listening to my own podcast. And people get so confused at that, how I'm listening to my own <laughs> podcast and can't stop laughing. I can see how people would think that's a huge ego thing too. I was like, no, I'm just listening to myself and I am hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'm the funniest person i know see the other players think they're the best at cracking jokes but i only laugh at my own yeah i laugh at them to make them feel good but we know exactly it's me <laughs> that's like we uh we got we recently um started uploading on apple podcast and we were promoting like hey you know go ahead and give us a rating or review and we'll read it on the podcast so i made sure then before the next time we played to get on there and give it a rating that way i could read my own podcast my own rating they were <laughs> so upset 
I actually thought about something the other day. I saw someone else talking about it, which gave me the idea, but I was like, I've considered, well, since I'm in the process of updating the website, as I have been for months now, adding a thing where people can call in and just leave whatever message they want, and I'll play it on the show. And I was like, this could be either great or horrific. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be horrific, but that is what would make it great. Yeah. I was the only reason I bring that up is because I was thinking too, like you could have uh, listeners of your show or whatever provide ideas for like something like, I don't know how you would go about implementing it, but like let them say, Hey, I uh, do this for like an episode or something like that. find some sort of a poll or some way that they can influence the, the direction of your, your campaign in, in one way or another, maybe in like a small aspect or something. Oh, absolutely. We actually do something like that. Well, where we uh-huh. are big on community. That is the main reason we do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of us make anything off of it. It is all for fun and games. But oh, we're all in it for the money over here. <laughs> all the money from podcasting. You know how big it is. Oh my gosh. See, <laughs> I've been offered thousands of dollars and I could just fly away, you know, retire early, but I don't want to do that, you know? Elon Musk offered me $44 billion for my show and I said, no, thank you, sir. It's worth more than that to me. I believe it. I mean, it's that dedication, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you just can't put a price on it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm thinking of putting a Twitter poll up that says, should I step down as the host of the podcast? I will abide by the, the results of this poll. <laughs> and, you know, we'll see how- <laughs> Be careful. I mean, <laughs> um, but no, so we're really big. That would be a good bit. <laughs> I wonder how many people would message you and be like, hey, I'll do it. Are you just giving it away? That would be hilarious if I do that for an episode where it's like, all right, I'm stepping down. And the next episode, I'm just not on it. I will I will jump on Zencaster. I'll host it. I'll edit it and everything. But I'll just have other people on the show doing their own thing. What you need to do. That would be a good bit. For like an April Fool's bit is say you step down on your Twitter, have a guest interview mm-hmm. you. Like, why did you step down and all this? to make people think yeah. that you gave him the podcast. I could do that. We have uh, Klaus, who's our most recurring guest. He's basically a part-time host at this point. I should have him do that. He would definitely do that. that Just have him run the show for a week. That would be hilarious. So. <laughs> yeah, so we are... Hold on, I'm write this down. So yeah, we are big on community and one of the main ways, like our biggest thing that we have in our community is our community discord where people, they post pictures of their pets. They just talk to us, uh, post memes. That's a big one. Well, a couple of them, um, is magical items where people can say, Hey, this is my idea for a magic item. Why don't you use it? And I'll find a way to incorporate it. And then one of the players gets the magic item that that person suggested. One, one of my nice. personal favorite ones is names. I am terrible at naming characters off the top of my head. <laughs> so people will send names that they're like, okay, this is kind of funny. And one of the first ones I used is uh, Grabass Bottom Clasp. One of our <laughs> listeners sent that in and I actually made it. He was supposed to be like this very majestic and very um, highly sophisticated sorcerer. Man, and they were a very regal individual. Yeah, and they were fighting him. And one of the characters is like, "What is your name?" And he said that, and they just lost it. It broke all the seriousness in the moment. <laughs> I'm so bad at coming up with names for things. 
I do a ton of writing on the side and uh, that like I can come up with the, the plot lines. I come up with like the designs of things and it's like, oh man, this is really cool. What is it? And I'm like, it's a box or <laughs> something like, like to that extent. I'm just like, I have no idea what to call this thing. It's like naming people, naming locations. I'm just like, it's, it's so generic every time or just, it becomes overly complicated where it's like, this isn't usable. Well, we had a situation where, and I should have better prepared for this, but I didn't like, I'll prepare everything and then forget to prepare the names, which is my hardest part. (laughs) So we had a situation where they got to this very, like they found someone who was very important to what they were doing and they asked her her name. And I was like, oh, hang on Mm -hmm. one second. So they ran the joke that her name was Hangan Unsekan. So then I, I, that's like, that was her name. And then she looked at him and was like, oh, you guys can just call me Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) That is how bad I am with it. And it's so hard. Like, so our players have these like real um, medieval names. Like there's Tobias, Mm -hmm. he's one of them, or Callum. And then all the NPCs have names like Toby, Jimmy, Billy Bob, because I'm just terrible at coming up with them <laughs> on the top of my head. And there's a neat resource called a D&D name generator. So it generates its own name. But some of them are just so like out there. I know come the next time we play, I will not remember that name. And I'll end up losing my notes and I'll be like, oh, crap. Who was this person again? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do D and D name generator. Is it just master of the dungeon.com? So the one, I, yeah, that's the one I typically use. Okay. All right. Let's, let's see. Here. Just a human guy. All right. Generate name. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It, it's the, uh, I'll, I'll type it in the chat here. I'm going to say it as well, but I'll get it. So you can see exactly how it's spelled. It is Freert Cardenas. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> yep, that's the stuff it gives you. And was that for a human? It was, yeah. So if you click on like Dragonborn and do it, they get even more crazy. It's terrible. Uh Ichuk. <laughs> I'll type that one here so you can see. It. I Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> and yeah, yours if we're not in here. Okay, that one's not as bad. So I can I can definitely read this one without stumbling too much. Now imagine trying to make other people pronounce that name the same way each time. <laughs> That's what we ran into with one of our characters. His name was um Gothog. <laughs> they spent ten minutes trying to pronounce his name. And then the bard came up to him and was like, oh, hey, Gothog. So I had him turn to him and he was like, um, how many times do I have to tell you, music man? My name is Goat Hog. Because I knew every time they'd go up to him, he would just not pronounce it right. They would just constantly not. So I'm like, I got to make this easier for them. Uh, what is that? Is a tiefling like a demon person? Yeah. So the tiefling Basically. is more so demon. Because this, this person's name is just Adventure Lamps. Perfect. See, that's the kind of name I look for. <laughs> Super easy. Hi, my name's Adventure. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, man. Yeah. It, is this the one? I'm trying 
trying to find it on Reddit. I think this is what I uh, the guy's name is Harold. It was like the most boring D and D character they could possibly come up with. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, this is this is what I need. It's just uh, the tale of Harold. Yeah, it's just the most boring, generic, non-interesting character they could have possibly come up with. And see, as a DM, you get given those and then you turn them into something amazing. So one thing that is very typical in D&D is people's parents dying. Like every adventurer has their mm. all their family be dead because it's like, oh, this is why I went adventuring. The thing I love most yeah. is when their family's alive. You know, they're like, oh, I come from a real they're alive. They're well, hate them. Yep. For no reason. Other than I'm a spiteful individual. And the best thing about that is when they're still alive, then you get the opportunity to tear that away from them. <laughs> I have a cup. It's... I adventure so I can make money to support my poor family. I have children I need to, you know, to get medicine for. And you're like, meteor hits the house. They're all gone. Now what do you do? <laughs> my, I have a cup and um, it's one of my favorite cups. It is on it. It says the tears of my players. <laughs> and it's great because I cannot stress how crazy and laid back our campaign is. They they haven't even hit the main plot yet. The bard in the group ended off having a strip off with a Jarl to get a meeting with them. That's the kind of stuff they get into. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I just go with it. So whenever I get a chance to throw in that real serious moment... They don't expect it, and I love their reactions to it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said that that's the most interesting part to me. It's just the, like the the freedom of creating it however you want it to be. So that was the thing we did, where it was like within the it, it does you know like uh, I guess with bunkers and badasses, I'm not sure exactly since I haven't played like straight up D and D before. With bunkers and badasses, it's like you have you know it's like your main weapon. You might have, have a secondary weapon, but then you also have grenades, which I guess could count as like spells maybe in D&D. I'm not sure if they'd be the equivalent for that. Um, but outside of that, we're like, oh, yeah, and, you know, we found like uh, like gasoline or something like a some sort of oil. I forget what it was. We, we called it at the time, like whale blubber or something, maybe. And uh, we found that and then we had a torch and we just lit this giant fire and uh, took out like all the enemies with that completely outside of combat and being able to do something like that was like, all right, this is cool. Yep. It's neat that this is something you can actually do. Yeah. And that's the amazing part about it is your imagination is the only limit that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, and that's, that was the thing. Like I had to really push my girlfriend to, to get her, like get, get going for her, where she like, she viewed it as like, all right, what are the rules and how do we play? And I'm like, it's just free form more than anything. I'm like, don't focus on like moving pieces around on a board necessarily. Don't worry about, you know, this is like you roll the dice and this is how many spaces you move like that. This way. I'm like, it's more free form than that. You can figure it out as you go along. Don't stress over this being the most complicated thing imaginable. Oh, yeah. And so like traditionally, a lot of people will use maps and uh, miniatures to show where everything's at 
but we did have those to be fair and that is an awesome way to do it when i would play in person i'd use those it helps with mm -hmm. like knowing how far someone is and all that in this campaign mm -hmm. we have thrown all of that out the window it's <laughs> so when they get into battles pretty much they tell me what they want to do and i say yeah they're close enough to do that or you have to roll for that one of our mm -hmm. players um he plays a barbarian who is the worst hero you can imagine he his whole goal is to be a hero and he is terrible at it he hit an orphan with a carriage mind you the same orphan this orphan There's a lot of orphans in your story are you just killing all their parents off throughout the course of these campaigns josh <laughs> it's the same orphan she has been through so yeah. much by this party <laughs> but he hit her she's like uh i don't know if you've ever seen always sunny in philadelphia it's like a rickety cricket except it's the orphan yep everything that could go wrong goes wrong for her <laughs> yeah but she's the one that stole your cocaine get her <laughs> <laughs> but he's hit her with a carriage um they were fighting a werewolf he ran away because he was scared tried to jump over a fence <laughs> and i'm like okay go ahead and roll for it and he rolled what is called nat one which means it, you just roll a one so you fail mm -hmm. so he fell over the fence then he's like okay i'm gonna fight now tries to jump over it and fails again yeah. he is the worst hero imaginable and i love it <laughs> Is there, because I, 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 again, I don't have the full knowledge of like how the stats are. Is there a way to like negate a natural one? Like you can just have a stat that's high enough where it doesn't matter. So it depends on how hard the thing to do is. So your DM will decide, yeah. okay, this is this hard to do. And say you have a plus five in it and you roll on that one. So you get a six. Yeah. If your DM's like, yeah, this would be super easy to do, they can allow it. And it depends how people okay. play. Some DMs say, yeah, you know, if you get a nat 1, you fail automatically. A nat 20, which is the okay. highest you can get on 20-side dice, they're like, you pass automatically. It really all mm -hmm. depends on the DM's discretion. Okay. Yeah, I was curious, because, like, you know, in our experience, it was like, I I stuck to the book a lot more than you probably do for, for your campaign, because, like, I'm still figuring it out myself. And I was like, this helps keep us on the rails and understanding what's actually going on and like i said we use the it comes with a board it's like 25 squares by 25 squares maybe something like that and it's like dry erase we can you know, it comes with the mark we can write on it and i would you know every time we'd go into a combat a scenario whatever it's like i would literally draw out the map as it's shown in the book and i'd put all this stuff down and it just helped us it helped my girlfriend visualize it a lot it helps me keep things in order and uh but and then when it comes to like rolling and everything, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go off of what it says in the book, like what it, a reasonable difficulty number it would be, and we'd roll it and it would stick to that. So I was curious how that would uh, be affected by some of the the stats and things like that. Yeah, but, and for people who are like starting D and D, especially dungeon masters, the dungeon master guide is an amazing resource. So it gives like a um, vision of how hard certain things would be to do that way you have an idea instead of just running into a blind thing it's like oh well i think this is what you need to roll it tells you this is how hard it would be this is where the numbers should fall hmm. yeah that, that sounds incredibly useful <laughs> oh absolutely um when i started dming i stuck to that like crazy and it's one of those things 
when you start, you're very uh, reliant on the material given to you. But as you progress, mm -hmm. you understand more. So this is what needs to happen, or this is where it goes. And the rule, the number one rule that the DM decides everything really comes into play because then you know this is the world that I'm creating for them. I know how hard this stuff would be. Yeah. See, that's, that's, the, that's the part that draws me in because I like the idea of being creative about... It, to me, the combat and like the loot and stuff is not the interesting part. It's me skirting the rules and just forcing things to happen just based on the luck of the the role and things like that. Like I said, with the, the whale... Blub, I, I'm almost positive it was whale blubber or something that we used that and like the torch lit it up and we caused like an explosion. I'm like... Like being able to do that just because we got lucky rolls as well. Like I like being able to skirt around where the natural scenario would would lead you. Absolutely, and the, that is one of the funnest things about D and D is you and the players can have this amazing thing planned out to happen. And you know this is how it needs to go, but it all depends on the mm -hmm. dice rolls. Yeah. Yeah. I. Again, it, it's like I, I've seen posts where it's like people talking about like, yeah, I had this whole scenario set up and, uh, you know, they, they, they ask me like, oh, can I talk the villain out of it or something? And it's like, I guess and it's like they'd have to roll like a 20 and like it I, again, my numbers would be off because I have no idea what I'm talking about, but they'd be like, it'd have to be like 25. Like you'd have to hit a, a you'd have to essentially roll a 20 as well as having the, you know, plus five or whatever from your stats. And they do, and it's like, oh, the villain just sides with them, and and they come down off the ledge, and they're friends now. And there's no big showdown; it's just the end. That happens a lot more than you'd expect, especially with the group of people yeah. we have. They are very talking, and it's my own fault. They, uh, in the first session, they killed the wrong person because they didn't communicate. So now they're very big <laughs> on, well, let let's figure out what's all going on here. Let's get all sides. So now they're super yeah. on communicating and that has led them to getting out of a lot of fights. Mind you, some of those roles may be harder. And then there's one thing that I like to use, which is called the rule of cool. And what that is, is if it's the player's moment, I don't make them roll for it. If I think like, yeah. you know, this would happen. It's very possible it would happen. It sounds amazing. It will help the story. It happens. You don't have mm. to roll for it. Yeah. Because in the end, we just want laughs and a fun story. We all just want to have fun. So mm. if it's reasonable, why stop them from doing it? That sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier about you have the ability to be as accommodating as you want. And like to me, that's like the perfect way about going about it. If, if you have someone there that's like, nah, nah, you didn't do it. And it's like it, they're making it more of a challenge than like an entertainment uh, kind of enjoyment of the the story, I can see how that could be frustrating very quickly for the players dealing with someone who's just like so by the book, sort of like, nope, you didn't hit my arbitrary number, you failed. Everyone's miserable about what's happened here. I can see how that could be a, a pain, but I I doubt most people go into it with that aspect or that mindset rather, because like you understand the point of the game is to just have fun and be as creative and you know carefree about it as you can be oh yeah and there's some people that do play by those rules but it is it's very rare nowadays yeah. uh one thing that uh D, D like the actual um published literature 
puts out that is amazing, especially for beginners, is they actually have campaigns that they have written out that people can follow. Mm -hmm. And whenever you're running one of those, it is more so, you know, this is the number they need to hit. And I think that's an amazing thing for new players to use because it gives them an idea. But like I said earlier, once you get a hang of what you're doing and you understand it, those numbers pretty much go out the window. And that's when you start playing like, what would be cooler? What would be more fun Mm -hmm. for us? Yeah. Yeah, Like I said, I think that's what draws people in, just the ability to be creative about it and not focus on the the math behind it and things like that. And it's just like, what, what, what's fun? What's cool? What's entertaining? Oh yeah. Um, thing I was going to ask you too is what we'll, we'll, uh, I have a couple of things I wanted to ask that weren't D and D related, but we'll wrap up the D and D topic here. Okay. For somebody who's interested in getting started in D and D, maybe they don't have anyone in their friends group that, that plays or anything like that. How would they go about getting involved in D and D meeting people to, to play it, whether it be in person or online? How would they go about getting started? So one of the best resources that you can use that is completely free to anyone is on Reddit. It is r slash LFG. If you go to that Reddit uh, site and you look through it, you'll see there's posts that say players wanted or DM wanted or I need a or sorry on the post is called GM, which is game master they kind of go hand in hand it just depends more role-playing games that aren't dungeons and dragons use the term gm but you can Mm -hmm. look through there and they say this is what time we're playing during the day this is our time zone and this is kind of the overall idea of the campaign we're going through this is what you'll be doing and this is kind of character you want to be that is an amazing resource to use to find people that is actually how i have found four of the players I play with is through that site. And it's an amazing site to use and you start talking with them and there's multiple ways people play. There's a website called roll 20 that a lot of people use for their boards. If you're more of a visual person or you can do like I do, and that's theater of the mind. You just tell the story and the DM will tell what's going on. Um, if you're one to start in person um, and you don't know anyone who is playing, look for game shops around your uh, town. If you just type into Google D&D game shops or RPBG game shops, a bunch will pop up. And nine times out of ten, if you go in there, people will be playing games there and you can talk to them. And like I said, they will love to talk to you. Everyone loves new players. And these people, especially if you tell them I'm a new player, they will help you. I will advise don't go into it saying, yeah, I know what I'm doing just to try to fit in. It's a lot better to go in there and be honest, say, I want to get involved with this, but I don't know how. And they will take you in and they will show you. And honestly, that's how you could make some of the best lifelong friends you have is just through stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was looking over this while you were talking as well on the uh, the LFG. It's fa- it's a lot more than just D&D. There. I see a number of other things here too where it's people, like you said, it's people looking for DMs, people looking for players. Uh, what was some of the other ones here I saw? Um, yeah, it's 
probably haven't put it around. It, it, a lot of these are just descriptors that I scrolled past. But yeah, like it, it seems to be people of any sort of board games, things like that, just looking for people to play with. It seems like it could be a great resource. Oh, yeah. For, for people looking to, to match up and game. And one thing I... I scrolled down too far. <laughs> yeah, you can get lost in it, that's for sure. And one thing yeah. I will say, if you're interested in playing, but you are super nervous because you don't want to go in there and have no knowledge, before mm-hmm. I ever played D&D, before I got into it or anything, I listened to podcasts because it gave me an idea of what D&D is, what people roll, because... Your different stats are listed, you know, acrobatics, uh, dexterity, stuff like that. And starting out, mm-hmm. I had no idea what any of that was. But after listening, I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's what this connects to. And just listening to other people play, it helps you learn what it is and what happens and what goes on. So if you don't yeah. want to be completely new and jump right into it out of the gate, find a couple podcasts. There's many great ones out there. And listen to them and give yourself an idea because that is one of the best things is if you want a little bit of footing underneath you, listen to other people play. It'll help you out a lot. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So that, yeah, it seems like a great resource. Uh, one, a couple of other questions I can ask. Uh, what would, outside of D and D, what kind of tabletop games do you recommend for people or that you enjoy? So one that I highly recommend, um, I enjoy playing it more than I enjoy DMing it because when I DM, I'm a very laid back DM. I'm more fun going Mm -hmm. and goofy, not so serious and horror-esque. But if someone's interested in the horror aspect of board games or they like horror movies and stuff like that, Call of Cthulhu is a really cool system where it's all... I actually heard of that, but I know nothing about it. Yeah, so instead of um, normal D&D where you could die and stuff like that, you have your sanity. And mind you, I could be explaining this a little bit wrong. It's been a long time since I played it. But um, you you have your stats and stuff. But if you fail, really bad stuff can happen to where you have to roll insanity. If you go insane, you're pretty much out of the game. You get so insane just from seeing all the monstrous stuff going on that you can no longer play. Or what can happen is very gruesome stuff to the point where you go blind, you lose a limb, now you can't do this, and you maim yourself. Jeez. Yeah, it's very horror-esque. <laughs> um, one, one that um, we have on our podcast that I personally didn't play, but it sounded like a lot of fun. One of the other players led it when I was out for a week. Let me see here real quick. So it is called Lasers and Feelings. It is pretty much like a Star Trek uh, RPG. It takes place in space. You're protecting your ship. Um, It's really cool if you're into that real sci-fi portion of stuff because then you get to play like your favorite sci-fi characters that you're on a ship, you're the doctor on a ship, or you're the engineer. You choose your role. And the things that you are able to do is based off of who you play on the ship. So that's another really good one that I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, I pulled up their website. It does seem like Star Trek. 
you're on an interstellar scout ship and your mission is to explore uncharted regions of space. It's like, okay. Star Trek RPG adventure. Nice. And sorry, there's one more, but I can't seem to remember the name of it right now. We'll see if I can pull it up. In the meantime, I've we've played an, we have a number of games during lo the lockdowns here. We got really into I just tried like the different tabletop games of all genres just to have stuff to do. One of the ones we played was called the Red Dragon Inn, which is pretty darn simple. But it was a lot of fun and uh it's like a card game it's like drinking game almost we don't drink but like the theme of the game where it's like you have like uh it goes from zero to 20. you have like a uh, your vitality i think is what it's called starts at 20. your alcohol content level is at zero and different cards lower your health and raise your alcohol level and vice versa and it's just you're playing against other people like with the different cards and stuff and it's it's just kind of a fun little card game that's, that was a good that sounds really cool i might have to check that one out yeah, it's just called the red dragon in uh, yeah so the one other that i was going to mention um this is more so if you're into um the supernatural and stuff like that is a game called inspectors it's actually so it's pretty much like a Ghostbusters um, role play. So you have your own mm -hmm. agency where you hunt down these ghosts or vampires, whatever, and you play through that. And it's a lot of fun, too. Nice. Pulling all these up while you're talking about them. Yeah, I'm always trying to find more tabletop games. We we don't really watch a lot of TV or anything like that. Like we watch movies every once in a while, but for the most part, I have a really hard time getting into most TV shows and and movies. I just I don't know what it is. I'm just jaded, I guess. <laughs> but I just I don't know. I just I have a hard time getting into a lot of them. So like for me, it's like we will play tabletop games or we'll play like video games or something like that. And so I'm always looking for more tabletop games. We recently, I'd, I've not gotten it yet. I'm getting it as a gift for Christmas. Uh, the uh, a physical version of Gwent from The Witcher. Okay. Yeah, the card game from The Witcher. That would be yeah, really I'm neat. Getting a, yeah, it's a, it's a whole set where they have every single card from the game. They have all the decks and everything. It comes with the mat and everything like that. So I'm excited to get that. So that'll be fun. So one really yeah. fun game that yeah. I've played in the past, it's not an RPG but it's just a board game, mm -hmm. is uh, Villainous. That game is fun if you have not played it. There's like a bunch of variations in that, right? I think I saw that when we were out Christmas shopping where they have like a lot of Disney ones where it's like you play as the... I think there's like a Star Wars one maybe or something. Uh, I forget what all it was. Yeah, they have a lot of variations of it. I haven't played the variations myself. I've played the original Disney one. Mm -hmm. but it, Star Wars, Marvel, Disney... Uh, what is this? The guy from uh, The Incredibles looks like on this one. Interesting. What is it? so? What is the explain the game to me as best you can? So what it is is you choose your villain who you play as. Um, uh, for instance, I'll use Captain Hook because he is my favorite. Mm -hmm. So it's based off of the movies. So when you're playing, it's like Captain Hook. Your goal is to defeat Peter Pan. Well, you have this little mm -hmm. paper board. 
it's probably about six inches by four. It's a little rectangle. Okay. And it has these four different spots. Well, on your turn, you can move spots to complete your tasks or depending on where you land at, you have different options. You can curse someone else, Mm -hmm. which makes them draw a curse card, which can do something bad to them because your goal is to complete your objective before someone else completes theirs. So not only are you focusing on doing what you need to get done, but you have to watch everyone around the table to make sure that they're not progressing more than you are. Mm, Okay. It's it's a very interesting and fun game, and it can get heated very quickly because you can be watching someone and you're like, okay, they're not getting very far. I can focus on this. Three turns go by and they've won. It is crazy how fast the game can progress. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into this because I saw, like I said, I saw. I don't know how many different versions of it when we were out shopping. I personally really want to play the Star Wars one. I am a huge Star Wars nerd, so I think I would love that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I don't know how to uh, just fill in this game. I'm trying to see how to find the different versions. I guess I could just. I'm not gonna order it off Amazon, but. We'll see what all the versions are. Yeah, stuff like that. That could be interesting. Real nice board. Yeah, like I said, I forget what some of the ones we have are. Like, there's one uh, where it's like you're on a spaceship, and other you put every turn you put down like a, a pathway on the on the like expanding on the board. Like each square is like I'm trying to remember, maybe like two inches by two inches. And you just keep each turn you put another one down. You're basically creating the board and you're having to get your character off the ship, essentially. And other people are expanding your pathway or blocking it and you're like altering it. And uh, it turns into like a giant maze where you're having to navigate it while it's being expanded upon. That one's kind of fun. I can't remember what that is. That sounds really cool. Uh, uh, can't remember what it's called yeah it it's really this is this one it gets frustrating because it's all one room over but i don't want to get up and leave the show um yeah i don't know i'll have to find another time but yeah that, that one's really cool it's not overly complicated like i said all you do it you have like there's some cards where it's like uh you can swap locations with uh uh players uh there's somewhere you can teleport back and forth. Like, there's different variations, but it's it's still relatively straightforward, which is what makes it super fun. Like, we were able to convince my grandfather to play with us. If that's any <laughs> uh, any indicator of how simple it can be. Yes. Yeah, that being said, it was still a little difficult at times, but you know, we made it work. No, that sounds right <laughs> up my alley. It sounds like it'd be a blast to play. Yeah, man, I'm I'm frustrated. I can't find what it was. <laughs> yeah, that Red Dragon and we played a lot of because they were both relatively straightforward. I know we've had other ones, but I don't. I, we didn't play them as much. I don't remember what they all were. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. I, I'm always interested in. Is it called? Oh, let me see here. Is it called No Escape? Maybe it is called No Escape. If you type in No Escape board game into Google, you'll be able to pull it up. 
I pulled it off and made it work. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, that looks super cool. Yeah, I might have to get into that. Yeah, so for uh, the audio listeners, you know, the listeners love this. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Part where we're, I'm sitting here Googling board games and talking about what they look like. Yeah, you just you start out with like a central square so everyone can leave in different directions uh, and there's multiple paths. But then you put down the different tiles that add a certain number. Like some of them have like you have to put one down every turn. So like you might put one down in front of yourself where like uh, or someone like asks you to like swap or whatever. So you're like, oh, I'm going to put one down where it's only one space. That way, I, you know, I'm minimizing the amount of uh, that I need to roll in order to, to get out and things like that. And yeah, there's going to be times where you're putting like a, like there's one that turned 45 degrees. So you're basically making like a, a closed loop for your opponents and that can drive them nuts when they, they're close to escaping. And now all of a sudden, oh, I am out here in the middle of nowhere and I have to go all the way back to just to be competitive again so it's yeah it's a fun little game yeah, i like it it looks like it, it yeah, that. definitely looks like something you know you'd bring to a family gathering to get everyone to start fighting that's for sure yeah yeah there's that the red dragon Inn is one i'd bring to a family gathering if i was going to play one because that one it there's no real limit to the i mean i'm sure that tells you there's a limit to the number of players um, but that one is fun if you're going to get that i would get the uh, character trove it's the red dragon in five character trove because uh, that has a ton of different uh, characters that come with it. But then we, I bought, I forget, it might have been on like Etsy or something. I had to find it somewhere online where it's basically like a, it's like a very light, it's made out of wood. Uh, and it, it's like an insert for the character trove box that makes it so much easier to organize it because it has customized little, uh, it all slides together. And each, each one has like the name of the character. So you can put their deck in there. It's easier to find everything. It's got a little tray, like little stackable trays that hold all the, uh, like the coins and things in it. It was super nice. It was like, it was super cheap too. Uh, then I went out and bought like all the, uh, the different collections for it. And I filled the box up It's super heavy now. <laughs> that sounds super cool. I do have one question it's, it's for cool. you. Okay. Why is it that like, you know, when I Google red dragon and board game that a board game called mm -hmm. let's summon demons pops up. Is there something you're hiding from me, Josh? What did you Google red dragon in board game? Is that what you type? Yeah. I typed that in and then, you know, and the ads let's summon a demon popped up. Interesting. Where did you go? That I see. I'm not seeing let's summon a demon anywhere. Oh no. I just typed in a red dragon in board game. And then at the top of the search engine where it has like ads like to buy, like you're shopping, the fourth one over yeah, oh, says, let's summon demons. Oh, yeah. See, I'm not getting that at all. Mine is all Slugfest games ads. There's no other ones here. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe Google strikes. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what I should be more worried about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every single result here is Red Dragon Inn and some of the various expansions. You know, I'm really not helping the stereotype that Dungeons and Dragons is a demon game by saying that. So uh, just forget I mentioned that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to say maybe this episode won't come out. I don't know who I'm associated with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I swear. I'm not that bad. Yeah. So, no. I, was, I was looking at it. I was like, no, no, I'm just not getting that result. I'm clean. <laughs> Oh, 
I do remember. I don't know where it is. I had an original. My it was my parents, like an original uh, Dungeons and Dragons set, like that they had. I remember playing with it as a kid. And I have no idea whatever happened to it. Really, it was super old. I remember the box was like almost smushed. It wasn't in good condition at all. It was like sort of smushed, and it had like a mat of some sort. I remember it had, I think, characters like with the little stands, if I remember correctly. And I don't remember what else. I can't remember. But I vaguely remember playing with it when I was like five or six. And I didn't have any concept of what it was. I thought it was just like, you know, a regular board game. And so I was like, I don't understand what's going on. I think it was like a fold out, like a foldable map. It was like that weird plastic and it just had like a like a dungeon design on it, essentially. See, it'd be really interesting, like if, you know, you're younger and was to ask them when you found that, what stories they would tell you about it. I, I'm sure I could ask them now and they'd have an answer. That'd be really interesting to find out because, like I said, that's the main thing about it is starting a story. I mean, so um, I have a daughter and she she's not old enough to understand what Dungeons & Dragons is. She's only five. But she understands that I play it. And when we were playing, like we were doing it at home with some of our friends from work, they were getting ready to come over and she like stole my chair and was screaming that she is the dungeon master now. It's because she loves the stories. Now, granted, the campaign that we're playing now, I can't tell her those stories. Not granted, yeah. it's not as bad as I make it out to be, I swear. But uh she uh she would listen to us play and she would just get so interested in it because it's like a fairy tale. It's like you're creating a fairy tale yeah. and the players get so into it where they get so loud and they start like this character becomes a part of them. Yeah. I actually found this isn't, this is the one that they had. This is the version that they had for Dungeons and Dragons. I remember they were a little foldable, like uh, like character pictures on like pieces of paper that are folded into like triangles i don't know how you, what you'd call that okay there's dungeon yeah that's an old one that is neat yeah I, I have no idea what happened i don't know if my mom took it with her when she moved away or something i have no idea <laughs> so yeah those foldable characters they're like the miniatures that we use nowadays like the we use plastic ones but Just, yeah, there's a lot of people that still use the paper ones and that's one good thing is pretty much your campaign or the way you play is all based off your resources and what you do. When we'd play, mm -hmm. we were playing in person and my daughter, she has all these uh, plastic dinosaurs, you know, and yeah. they were going to an island full of dinosaurs. So I went through and raided her toy box to get all of her dinosaurs. I'm like, I'm just going to use these. And it worked out perfectly. It's only 80 bucks. I could buy this and just pretend like it was my parents. <laughs> there you go. Reminisce <laughs> on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's super interesting. I recognized it immediately, too. Like, I was, I, I just typed in, like, old D&D &D version. And this is one of the first ones that popped up. Immediately, I was like, that's the cover. I remember that being on the box. I remember the, the mat and everything. See, even without yeah, playing... Dungeon and Dragons is a core memory for you. It's true. Yeah. Imagine if I was like emotionally scarred from that for some reason. <laughs> and it's like watching me right now. I'm just sitting here trembling in my seat. Like I remember this was right before I got abused. <laughs> <laughs> I met, I messaged you and was like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind coming on talking about Dungeon and Dragons. You just 
quit the podcast altogether. You're like, I can't do it. No, it's too far. I'm just like, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. I have like that Vietnam style flashback <laughs> where it fades into like a bright light, and then it's just me sitting there, just being screamed at by my parents because I accidentally like unfolded one of the character models, and now it's, it's all bent up and ruined. Oh my! <laughs> so dark, so so horrible. <laughs> uh, what about Zanzer? I mean, come on, man, it's his dungeon. <laughs> they weren't having any of it. <laughs> I'm like, can I not get beaten? They're like, roll for it. I'm like, oh, geez. It's, and I roll and it's like a one. They're like, ooh, you failed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's one thing is, as I was saying, like people, the characters and players, the people that they portray become a part of them. So one mm-hmm. thing that can happen in the game is your character can die and you have to create a new one. When that happens, mm-hmm. it is so emotional and heart wrenching for everyone there. It's it's undescribable, like because you know you have video games, you die, you're revived, or you respawn. Mm-hmm. Other board games, you lose. In Dungeons and Dragons, if your character dies, that's it. Like they're gone. You mm-hmm. have to create a whole new character. So I think that's one of the things that people like so much about it is it's an escape. They get to become someone else. I mean, with everything going on in the world, people need that release. They need to get away. And Dungeons and Dragons is a perfect way to do that because you are seriously becoming someone else for an hour to four hours a week, depending on how long you play. You are in a different world and portraying someone who is completely different than who you are. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I can totally see the appeal of it. Um, I think that's why people like enjoy uh, just RPGs in general is that they it's like yeah this is who I am now I'm, I'm just this person I'm in Skyrim I'm walking around I this is my town now I've claimed it nobody can take me down I'm too strong yes oh yeah it's like stuff like that yeah I could I could totally see it I, I always let me ask you this if you play with the same people across different campaigns do you often find them falling back into the same roles? So it depends who you play with Um, right now. So I actually, one thing I did before this is I asked my players in our community, like what D and D meant to them. And they had very different answers. And so one of the players said, you know, they love exploring different characters and seeing how similar or different they are from themselves while doing the accents and stretching their actor side and some people they love that they love to portray someone else each time they want to change who they are you know at one time you are strictly using magic next time you're strictly using brute force so Mm -hmm. sometimes people will completely change they'll change the way they talk their voices or the way they act and sometimes they don't and that's perfectly fine too they they have this character that they're wanting to play. And even though they could roll up completely different stats and make their character look like someone else and act, have different skills than what they played before, but in the end, they're playing the Mm -hmm. same person, which is fine because it's not so much as this is who I need to be to win because Dungeons & Dragons is not about winning. There is, you can win and complete a campaign, but in the end, 
it's about the story that is told. So whether they're playing the same character each time, just changing it a little bit, or playing completely different characters, it's whatever that person enjoys. That is the main aspect. As long as they're having fun, you're winning at Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's a great way to describe it. Awesome. I, I actually didn't have any other questions. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to bring up before we wrapped up here a little over an hour. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, like I said, I mean, it's just I can't preface enough how much fun it is and... It's something that is growing in popularity, uh, especially within the recent couple years. And if you haven't had a chance to jump in yet, there are so many resources out there. And I cannot urge you enough. If you're even curious about a little bit, try it out or listen to it. Watch people play. There's a ton of people on YouTube who play it. Uh, Critical Role is the most popular one. They are great. They do. Their voices are amazing. But there's something that will be prevalent to what you want whether you want something more comedic or more folktale get into it and give it a try because there is always something out there that will touch your sense of humor or what you're looking for yeah awesome thank you so much man i appreciate you coming on hey no problem uh again before we wrap up go check out can we roll for that uh it's a dnd podcast why can you tell people where they can go to check it out obviously Links will be in the description. Is there anyone particularly you think would be best for them to reach out to? So we are actually on all platforms. We are on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. We're on all those. You can find them anywhere. And in every one of the links, we have a link tree. And if you click that, it'll take you to show you where our Facebook is, our Instagram, and most importantly, where our Discord is. If you join our Discord, we are a very social group. We love talking with the community. And if you listen to this and you have any questions about Dungeons & Dragons or you're just getting involved or something like that, join the community. We would love to talk with you and help you or just chat with you about your stories, what you've been through, or any of that. Awesome. Again, you guys can also check out DeadJustProductions.live. It's got links to all of our stuff on there. And uh, apparently you can still use a link tree on Twitter, so I can still promote on there as well. It was up in the air a couple days ago. Turns out it's still working. So check us out. And uh, again, man, thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time. Love chatting about it. It's especially since it's something I'm not as familiar with. I can learn, which is always nice. It's always nice to get new information, expand my horizons. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time. Bye.